Welcome to the Chi Alpha UNC podcast. We're excited that you've decided to stop by. Tonight is Marketplace Night. Today we have the privilege of hearing from Lisa Wilkinson, Chi Alpha Marketplace Specialist. In addition, we will hear from a Marketplace panel. How do we share Jesus at our workplace? This message was recorded on February 15th, 2024 at Gunter Hall at UNC. Please join us every Thursday at 7 p.m. at the UNC campus. All are welcome. Come as you are, leave as a new creation. Well, we got just a couple announcements uh, before we get the rest of the night rolling. Uh, The first of which, probably the most important, uh, no, (laughs) Uh, prayer. Yeah. Yeah, we pray. We pray. So uh, every Tuesday at 2 p.m. at the Campus Commons, uh, we pray. And uh, some days it's just Peck and I. Other days, like this past week, we had like six people there. It was sweet. So uh, yeah, come out and pray with us. Um, And you can, I mean, you get to look at, you get to look at Jake while you pray. And what is more holy than our man, our man, man, Jake? All right. <laughs> All right, next up, uh, we, we are doing leadership training class. Yeah? I think most of you have heard about this, but uh, just a reminder that it starts this Sunday. So it's not too late to sign up. You can uh, scan that QR code and, and sign up to... Uh, learn more about uh, what it means to follow Jesus and to make disciples and everything like that. It's a really great time. Sundays, 2 to 4 p.m. Um, I believe it's here on campus, right? UC. The UC. It's in the UC somewhere. Is that on there? Spruce C. So sign up. Please don't just show up. Sign up because we need to know how many people are coming. All right. Uh, Next up, we have our Texas Roadhouse fundraiser again. Yeah. If you didn't hear, uh, uh, $2,000 was spent at Texas Roadhouse in two days from y'all. Not just you guys. I'm sure there were other people too. And uh, so, yeah, we, we, uh, they gave us 10% of that, which is sweet. So uh, that was a cool fundraiser. We're doing it again, uh, February 26th and 27th. So uh, you can pick up more flyers right there. Um, yeah, eat at Text Roadhouse and support Kai Alpha while you're doing it. All right, next up we got offering. So uh, yeah, we take up an offering every week. This is just to, uh, uh, to help fund this ministry. You know, without, without funds, uh, this kind of doesn't run. And it doesn't go to us, like we've said a million times. It doesn't go into anyone's pocket um, it just goes back to doing awesome events like this and like XOXA on Tuesday. So, um, yeah, if you feel led by the Lord to give, uh, give with a cheerful heart. And so I'm going to pray over the offering real quick. Lord Jesus, thank you for uh, supplying all of our needs. Lord, we trust you. And uh, God, as a, as a show of that trust, we give uh, generously. Um, Lord, I just, uh, yeah. I lift that up to you, and I pray that you would bless all of the money that comes in. We love you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. All right, and uh, last announcement. Um, We have After Dark at Zoe's. 
Because there's nothing else to do in Greeley. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Zoe's. So we all, we're all going to Zoe's afterwards to hang out. Um, I have invited our guests. Uh, I think Lisa said that she might be able to make it. Yes? And uh, I'm not sure about, about the other guests. But uh, come hang out and, uh, you know, chill. It'll be fun. All right. So I would like to welcome up to the front our guest tonight, our guest speaker. Uh, she is an awesome woman of God that um, I have gotten a chance to hear speak on a couple of occasions, and uh, she just has really great things to say about um, what it looks like to be a Christian after college and after you move on from Chi Alpha. So uh, I'd like to welcome up Lisa Wilkinson. Thanks, Peter. Hey, everyone. I saw some people speaking sign language in the uh, lobby there, and I learned, I learned sign language like a long time ago, and uh, I could like catch like a little bit of what you're saying, but not enough to like really be like, hey, I know sign language, you know. Anyway, so I just felt kind. Of, I was like, I was like, I was like, you know, like awkward. It's like that, that like, oh, I just really want to like step in and say something. But never mind. I was just gonna embarrass myself. I can't even like think of anything to say right now. Oh wait, my name is Lisa. Lisa. That's it. There we go. That's about what I can remember in silence. Thank you. Um, I am. I do feel like I can speak your language because I did bring a QR code. You don't have to put it up right now, but I noticed a lot of QR codes, so I feel like we're speaking the same language at least in that way as well. So that's good. Um, well, I I heard from Peter that it's uh, Marketplace Night. Yeah. I mean, so I don't know if you guys know this, but Chi Alpha has actually officially created a role for someone to start figuring out how to help graduates go into the marketplace on mission for Jesus. That's pretty cool. And I get that role. So that's what I, that's what I do. And that is a really bright light. So um, I'm going to pretend like <laughs> um, you guys take lighting very seriously here, which I like. Um, so I, but before I, so I'm still trying to figure out what that looks like for Chi Alpha across the country. I mean, what do you all need to prepare yourselves to go into what I like to call the real world after college? Because let's be honest, the college world is really a bubble. It's a gift. Some people just never leave. I think, you know, the people who are lifelong learners, it's just they don't know how to leave the bubble. So, um, and there's, there's nothing wrong. I'm not throwing shade at that at all because we need those lifelong learners. But for the rest of you who are going to go out into the marketplace, into the world, who aren't going to go back onto Chi Alpha campuses or go into world missions, it's like, okay, now what? You know, and it can be scary. It can be um, frustrating, it can be lonely, it can be very isolating. And so trying to figure that out, trying to help students and directors, you know, train and develop students to, to go out there and not just like survive, but thrive. And really know like, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go into the marketplace on mission for Jesus. Um, so that's still a work in progress, and I thought I would try out a little training that I've been working through uh, with you guys, if you guys are okay with that. The training that I want to do tonight with you is how to find a church. Is that okay? Some of you might be thinking, I, I don't need to learn how to find a church, but you might be surprised. But before we do that, I just want to tell you a little bit about myself. Is that all right? Okay. So um, never... 
had I felt so far from my call to ministry as when I was slinging coffee at Starbucks at 4.30 in the morning to self-entitled people who think that their extra dry cappuccino is the most important thing in the world. And I felt, I was so frustrated because I, I mean, I, I knew from a young age that I was called, called into ministry. And in my world, what that looked like was, you know, full-time, what, what the ministry world calls vocational ministry, where you're paid by a church, you know, maybe you're a pastor, maybe, um, unfortunately for women uh, back then, it, it meant a lot of times that we were kind of relegated to kids pastor or worship pastor or something like that. Nowadays, women are lead pastors all over the place, so you can do the finger snappy thing for that if you want. Um, I can't do it, I wish I could, but um, yeah, so for me, I'm like, I, I know that I needed, I, I'm called to ministry, and so when, after my husband and I got married, and um, I found myself working at Starbucks, and I was bitter, and I was, I was really, really angry at God. Because so I'm like, why would you give me this heart for ministry? Why would you put me, you know, slinging coffee, you know, why would you do this to me? And I, I almost felt like, you know, maybe some of you have heard the story of the, of the talents, you know, where there's like one, one guy gets one and one guy gets like three and one guy gets ten and then, you know, the ten get, doubles his and the five doubles his or three or whatever and then the one, he, he buries his. Okay. Well, I felt like, Lord, I thought you gave me all these talents and now I can't even use them. I'm here, you know, like upselling people bags of coffee and, and a, would you like a scone with that? Our pumpkin spice latte is now in season, you know, and like, like it was, I, it felt weird and it, it didn't feel right. And I, and so I was thinking instead of bearing my last shred of a talent for ministry, that I would try to use it. And so, you know, I'm at Starbucks and I'm, I'm not like out there with a megaphone, like Jesus loves you, you know, things like that. Or like, you know, you're going to hell and nothing like that. <laughs> like, you know, it was, you know, and, and what I was doing was I was just, you know, listening to my coworkers. I was um, having great conversations and, you know, uh, just introducing as appropriate uh, because, you know, it's not always appropriate to bring up God at work unless they bring it up to you, at least is kind of the way I have always looked at it. But um, one time at our Starbucks, I was kind of working my way up the Starbucks ladder. I was a shift lead at this point. And um, am I speaking someone's language here? Any Starbucks workers? Okay, okay, so you, you feel me, okay. So I was a, a shift lead and uh, this guy um, had uh, told an inappropriate joke at a different Starbucks and Starbucks felt like, okay, it really was harmless. He didn't really mean what the person received from it. So instead of like firing him, we just want to demote him and send him to your store. Are you cool with that? And we're like, yeah, bring him on. So he comes, his name uh, is Jake and um, Jake was really, wait, we got a Jake, great, great. So Jake actually felt super um, dejected, um, depressed, really was very, actually very upset. And he showed up really just needing, um, just to, to feel really the love of the Lord. And so we just loved on him, you know, and in a very, you know, corporate uh, appropriate way. And um, he he started asking questions like, why'd you guys even take me in? Because we could have said no. And, you know, it, it, it turned out to be this really great opportunity for us to kind of share 
for me, there was another person there, share our faith and just, you know, just help him understand that the love of the Lord doesn't have condition, you know, that, that Jesus loves you no matter what. It's not as long as you. And, um, so even if you tell a bad joke at work, Jesus loves you. And, and he had never really been exposed to the love of Christ. And, um, you know, I, I was really excited about this opportunity. And there was other people who were asking questions or whatever until one day I get called to the back. And my assistant store manager says, um, hey, we're getting all these complaints about you talking about God at work. And I'm like, what? And he said, I have to write you up. And, uh, you know, I'm on the track up. I'm trying to go, like, north. I mean, because I'm trying to not make minimum wage anymore. And, um, and uh, if you get written up, that's it. You can't get promoted for, like, a year or something like that. And I was, I'm, like, a, I'm like a rule follower. And so I immediately, like, my life, my life as I expected or thought it was going in this trajectory, like, okay, I'm going to not bury this talent. I'm going to try and use it. I just, I'm like, I guess I may as well just bury this talent. You know, like you gave it to me, I'm going to just bury it right here under the Starbucks. And I was frustrated. And, and all this, you know, like when you have like a really scary moment, your life like flashes before your eyes. All this like flashed before my eyes. I told myself a lot of stories in about a half a second, okay? And he says, um, he says, yeah, we're just getting a lot of complaints. And I think probably some of you in this room have probably found yourself in a situation where things weren't just weren't going the way you thought they were going to go. It's like, man, I thought this was going to happen, or I thought once I started following Jesus, all these things were going to fall into place, or I thought once I went to college, I was going to study this, and now I'm here doing this, or, you know, I thought the finances were going to come in for college, or I, there's just so many things that you think are going to go a certain way. I thought I had these friends. I thought my family would support me. I thought X, Y, and Z, and it's just turned out a lot different. And, and that happens in life. We have situations in life where things don't go the way we planned. And the question is, you know, what are you going to do with that? And I was, I was pretty upset. But that split second switched when he said, I'm supposed to write you up, but I'm not going to write you up. In fact, I wish you would talk about God more. And I'm like, you know, so now me, I'm like grasping at anything. I'm grasping at straws. I'm like, do you mean like a underground missionary sort of thing, you know? And he's like, uh, he, has, uh, he has no clue, like, what went on in my brain in that second, you know? And, and he goes, oh, yeah, sure, whatever you want to call it, you know? And he says, you can talk about God as much as you want, and I will never write you up. As long as you act like you got written up when I bring you back here. I'm like, no problem. <laughs> and what I learned that day was that it doesn't matter how many talents you have it doesn't matter what you think you're supposed to be doing that the people around you and the place you find yourself your marketplace I define the marketplace where you work where you play where you buy where you sell where you exist outside of your home is your marketplace unless you're on a zoom call in your marketplace, then you're in your marketplace. That when you're in your marketplace, that that is an opportunity for you to share the love of Christ. And how do we do that? There's a lot of, there's a lot of training, a lot of stuff that needs to be taught and learned and experienced and practiced. And I will say that that experience was so amazing. And um, eventually, 
you know, Jake, Jake and I kept having great conversations. I mean, we're at 4.30 in the morning and there's only two people setting up. It's, you just talk a lot, you know. He had, he had a dream that he, that, that he wasn't even a believer and he said, I felt like I was supposed to ask you what this dream meant. And I'm like, oh no, I don't interpret dreams, you know. And then and the Lord just checked me. He's like, yeah, that's right, you don't, but I do. So I'm like, okay, you know. So uh, the Lord's like using me to interpret dreams and like all kinds of crazy stuff. And Jake actually asked Christ into his heart. He accepted Christ. And I thought, this is it. Th this is why I'm here for Jake. Jake actually ended up becoming a missionary to the Philippines after that. So you never know the people that you're having an impact on. And it, it wasn't quick. It was years. Years. That little short story I just told you took years. And, and the marketplace is very different. You don't have a quick uh, turnaround. You don't have a short time frame. You have to play the long game. You have to have good work ethics. You have to, I mean, people say, what's the best key or the biggest, most important thing about going into the marketplace and being a good witness? I'm like, do your job well. I mean, no one's going to take you seriously if you don't do your job well, let me just tell you, even if you hate your job. I despised being treated poorly by entitled customers, yet I did it well. And the Lord used that, and I found favor, and he, and he elevated me, and I ended up going on to much more awesome things. And um, I will say that in the time that I spent in the corporate world, about 15 years in the corporate world, that I have interacted with people that I never, ever would have interacted with if I were on staff at a church. Never. I mean, there are people that call me pastor who literally will never step foot in a church. And in fact, quite honestly, would not be welcome in our churches these days. And yet they are able to experience the love of Christ because I said yes, no matter what it looked like. And it was not easy. It was not easy. So thank you for letting me just share that a little bit. I, I do work for Chi Alpha now. I don't work for Starbucks anymore. Um, I have had another job in between, and maybe we'll talk about that a little bit later on the panel. But right now, I work for Chi Alpha, and I'm overseeing Marketplace. I mean, they're like, what's your title? I'm like, I don't need a title. Just call me Marketplace. You know, it's like, well, but your title. I'm like, I, I don't even know what that, like, what, what kind of a title would it be? So I'm Lisa. I do Marketplace. And um, I wanted to do a little training with you guys, how to find a church. And so what we're going to do is we're going to pretend, can, should we, do you think we should turn the lights up a little bit, or can you guys read if I write on this? Well, oh, you'll move the light. Great. I was hoping, I was hoping for it to be shining directly on me still. <laughs> Yeah, that was, that's what I was hoping for. So, um, Okay, so I need you guys to interact with me, okay? So um, I want you guys to, actually, before we do this, I want to read a scripture. <laughs> Is that okay? Yeah. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of blow through this. You guys have probably heard this one, so I'm going to kind of read it fast. It's 1 Corinthians 12, starting at verse 12. Unity and diversity in the body. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. For we were all baptized by one spirit so as to form one body, whether Jews or Gentiles, slave or free, and we were all given the one spirit to drink. Even so, the body is not made up of one part, but of many. Now, if the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, 
it would not for that reason stop being a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, it would not for that reason stop being part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would the sense of hearing be? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell be? But in fact, God has placed the parts of, in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. And if you haven't picked that up, that's you. He made you the way you are. He placed you where you are as part of a bigger design. Unless you're the pancreas, then you're removable. <laughs> appendix, or the appendix, and in some cases, the gallbladder. Um, um, now I lost my place here. Yeah, I'm making jokes, and I can't even read. Um, the eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary, those parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and the parts that we think are less honorable we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, Every part rejoices with it. Now you are the body of Christ, and each one of you is a part of it. So it goes on. It's a great chapter. Um, and I think, I think this scripture is important for this topic because we're talking about how to find a church. And, yeah, church isn't perfect, just like Kaiapha is not perfect. But also they're very different. So when you go to look for a church, you can't approach it the same. And, and you know, churches need you. But also you need the church. So when you leave here and you think, I'm strong enough, I can do this on my own, you're wrong. That's like an eyeball out there trying to be a body by itself. Okay, it doesn't work that way. You have to go and be a part of a body like you are right now. So I want you guys, we're just going to get real practical here. When you think about looking for a church, maybe you've looked for a church before. Maybe you haven't. Um, but if you were to look for a church, let's just start naming off some things that you would look for. Anything. Good worship. Okay, okay. Yes. So we're going to look at the worship. Theology. Theology. Preaching. Hold on, stop, because. Okay, okay, pause. C two Fs, C-O-F-F-E-E. -E. They don't pay me to spell. Um, so, okay, okay, I'm going to get that one. Keep, keep, remember that one. I want to make sure I call out the difference between uh, theology and gospel-centered, or I like to call this one, like, Bible-based. Can, can I make that the same thing? Yeah. Gospel-centered, like, um, slash Bible. Can you read this? I need a better. I got the darkest one, you guys. Um... Okay, I'm gonna try green, because you know they say that pe people who are colorblind can't see like red, and this is this is kind of purplish. So I thought I didn't want to. Um... Okay, so um, the difference between theology and Bible-based. You can have a Bible-based church 
that believes in the Bible, that the Bible is the inspired word of God, and have a completely different theology than another Bible-based church. That's why I have so many different denominations. So it is important that you find a church that's Bible-based, because there are some out there that are not. Don't go there, okay? Um, and uh, they might have a totally different theology about certain things, like some don't believe, and I, I always talk about this one because I am a woman in ministry, but some don't believe that women should be able to be in ministry, like wouldn't even allow me to be up here teaching you guys because there's men in the room and stuff. So like, but the, like I obviously don't believe that. So if I'm going to go to a church, I'm not going to go to a church that believes that, right? So for me, that's a, that's a theology piece that's important to me. Okay, but might not be important to you. Um, so these are two different things. Okay, so we're going to go back into this. Fellowship? No. All right. Sorry, guys, I'm going in for the purple. Okay, this is it. This is the last one. Back to, this, back to the sad brown. Okay, honestly, it's not that big of a deal. You guys are going to remember what you said. You are, because these are important things. But Caleb, Caleb's on it, right? Yeah, you got it. Yeah, Fellowship. What else? Nice people. Nice people. Outreach. Outreach. Nearby. Proximity. Okay. Mission statement. Oh, okay. Okay, it's like a, a good solid mission statement. Diversity. What kind of diversity? All, all the diversities. Did you check it? Did you test it? Oh. All right, we're, all, we're putting a lot of hopes on this pen, Caleb. Okay, so all, <laughs> I had faith in these three. That didn't help out. All right, so, all right, so, jeez, um, this, this is a hot mic. I like it. Um, okay, what else? Discipleship. Discipleship. Whoa. I love, you guys are great. Like, it's just like <laughs> the simplest things in life. That's the, and that's the first one that comes up, of course, that looks like clear and bold. It's because Kyle is all about discipleship. All right, what else? Love. Small groups. Prayer. Okay. Authenticity. I T Y G E N E R O S I D. Spell it. Spell it as I go. That way, I get it close. Okay. Oh, good food. Is that like that vanilla uh, wafer pudding stuff? Lori's like, no. Okay. Anything else? Is anything missing here? I mean, George would be a nice bonus. I'm going to put George on here. I like that. I'll go to a, I'll go to a church George goes to. What did you say? Okay, so, so we have diversity all. I would hope that includes age. Are you saying that you want people that are your age too? Okay, so people like my age, people like me, yeah. not me, you, people like your age. <laughs> I know that I'm older than you guys. My kids are all grown up. 
Um, so um, people my age. Okay. Okay. Anything else? Okay, size. <laughs> Anything else? I, I can tell many of you don't have kids. But the children's ministry might be important once you start, if, if, if and when you start having kids, right? Okay. Baptisms. Baptism, yeah. All right. To serve. Well, you guys are good. You guys have like looked before. Who said that? Who said that? Okay. I just want to get my eyes on you. I'll introduce you to some people. Oh, okay. Never mind. All right. Potential spouse. All right, now we're getting silly. Okay, so here's, 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 here's where we're going with this, okay? You guys have outlined like the perfect church, right? I'm going to tell you something right now. Wherever you end up when you leave here, this church does not exist. Okay? It does not exist. And if you go out there looking for this church, it's like a 12-year-old girl writing a list of all the perfect things she wants in a man and then never getting married or settling, settling because she's settling, right? I won't settle because it's not this. And so what you have to do is you have to realize you've got to find yourself a body to be a part of. You have to identify what your strengths are. You have to identify what you bring to the table, and you have to get yourself grafted into that body, okay? So... What is really important then is to identify, well, at what point do I settle, right? So what I have found is that there are, um, I would say five is the number, okay? We're going to go with five, okay? You only get five of these as your non-negotiables. That's it, okay? And I would think that probably in this room... We could all agree on maybe one or two non-negotiables. So let's try and pick one or two that we can all agree on, okay? Gospel, do we all agree that that's a non-negotiable? I'm not going here. Okay, all right. Okay, gospel, I need to stop putting the lid on. Gospel-centered, Bible-based, all right? Anything else that we all agree on? I didn't understand anything anyone said. Fellowship? What does that mean? Well, we have small groups and fellowship. Okay, here's what I'm going to do because it, we're not agreeing on the second one. And, and that's okay. So here's what I want you guys to do. I want you to pick your personal top five right now. I want, I'm going to give you just a minute, two minutes, to just sit and write your top five down right now. And your top one has to be this one, because we agreed. So you get four more. You don't get five more. Okay? And if you need me to read any of these, I can read them out to you. Okay? Just write them down in your phone. Don't, please don't tell me you don't have your phone here. 
Okay, because you're... Because you're, you're going to look, you're going to graduate in X number of years or months, and you're going to be like, wait, what did I say was my non-negotiables? And they are going to be different for everybody, obviously, because we couldn't even agree on a second one. And that's okay. Am I in the way? How we doing? Killed it? Sweet. All right. You guys can keep thinking on your top five as you're writing. But I want to tell you a little story. I heard someone talking about, the church, about picking a church. And they were telling a group of people how to find a church. And they said, make a list and don't, don't divert from that list. Like, don't like, make it as long as you need and don't settle. And I was listening and I'm like, this is not good because these people are going to leave here and feel like I'm never going to find a church. And they told a story about how they were looking for a church, and they went to this church, and they walk up to the greeter table, and there's a person behind the greeter table. Their job was to greet people. And it was, they said, it was the most awkward greeter you had ever met. They said they did not make me feel welcome. They were super socially awkward. And we thought, we can't even attend a church if the leadership here cannot even realize that the most socially awkward person should not be the greeter. We cannot attend that church. This church is not welcoming, it is not hospitable, and they have poor leadership. Now, in their mind, they were thinking, like, like maybe if they were running a business or something. You've got to think that way if you're running a business, but not when you're trying to find a church. And I actually did interrupt the conversation, and I said, hey, maybe here's another perspective. What if that church was the right church for you, and you were supposed to help on the greeting team? and help that person learn how to not be socially awkward and make other brand new guests feel more welcome. Sometimes the things that you like the least about your church or your Chi Alpha group is the thing that you're supposed to be helping with. It's the, it's the part of the body that you are. Okay, so when you find your, when you figure out your top five and now maybe after me saying that you may change one, it's the things that you really can't show up and fix. Like if I show up, and again, I'm not trying to say go and fix your church. Like that's not what I'm saying either. But you can get in and you can help and you can serve and you can be a part. Um, and, and uh, you know, in balance, right? I'm not saying kill yourselves, but be a part of the body. Find your niche. Find the thing that you're good at. And that your top five non-negotiables are things that you're like, if this church does not have this, I will not attend. Yeah. And it's not something I can fix or would be willing to fix. Okay, that's what those top five should be.
Okay, so a couple of practical things once you've got your, your top five, you're armed with your top five, now you can go figure out where you're getting your job. Okay, if you know where you're getting your job, that's great. You can search on the internet, you can find churches in the area. You can write this down. There's a website called ag.org. I don't know if you know this, but Chi Alpha is an organization part of uh, the Assemblies of God. And uh, there are Assemblies of God churches all over the world. And it's a good place to start because the theology lines up for the most part. Okay, so if you're, if you're like, I don't even know how to look into theology, I don't know when I'm reading these things what the subtle nuances mean, you know, there's like little words that mean this and little things that are just kind of subtle and I don't even know how to look for that. Look for an AG church, at least the theology will line up with what you're accustomed to here, okay? So ag.org slash resources, find a church. You can literally type in a town and it will tell you what some of the God churches exist in that town. Then you can actually go to the website of that church. If you found a church in the town you want to look at or, or you know, investigate a little bit more, see if they have sermons online. See if they have services online. Do a little pre-work before you go and visit. And my suggestion is to email the lead pastor. Okay? If you email the lead pastor, you're going to learn a lot about the church, right? Because if nobody emails you back, I mean, that tells you a lot, right? I, I, they don't care about new people. Okay, I mean, so maybe that's something I can help with. I don't know. But if nobody emails you back, but you, you, someone might email you back, and you, my suggestion is to say, hey, I'd love to meet with you, have coffee with you, or just even a half an hour of your time so I can hear your heart for your church. Because I can tell you that the heart of the church is different than the smoke and lights up front. So you can go to a church, and it can have a terrible show but have a killer heart, like awesome. Amen. And, and it can also have a really awesome show and have a really poor heart. Yeah. But also, and this might be like unpopular opinion, it can have a killer show and a killer heart. Okay? So like, like they're, they're, you don't know by what you see when you show up on a Sunday morning. Sure. You don't know. And um, so... Finding out, sitting with, with the lead pastor or someone on staff. Now, if you've found a church that has 3,000 people and the lead pastor's probably not taking 20-minute meetings with college graduates, fine. They send someone else out, that's great, no problem. Just meet with someone and hear the heart. Just have a conversation with someone about the heart. That's going to help you understand a lot about your top five and what it is you're looking for. It's really worth it because, again, you're going to show up on Sunday and you're going to go into that conversation or... You have the conversation after you already showed up on a Sunday, and you're going to be able to filter some of the things that you saw and experienced through the heart of the church and what it is that they are trying to do. Um, so once you've done that, and once you have found a church, you're like, maybe this is it. Maybe this is the church. How long do you think you should give it? I don't know that there's like an actual number. I, I like to say minimum three. One month isn't enough. Because let's be real, you're not going to go every week. I mean, and I'm not going to say you should. Because I don't know what's going on in your life. I don't know what your life looks like. But you should be a part. You should try and be a part and get involved. But you can't really get involved in one month. 
it's really hard to get involved in a church in one month. Try to get involved. If you can't get involved, if you're met with a lot of resistance, if you're, you know, if it's like, I, I, I can't find my place, I can't find my spot, it's really uncomfortable, maybe, you're, maybe there's something you need to break through, maybe there's some pride issues in you that the Lord's working through, I don't know. But you got to go at least three months to give it a fair shot. Because what we don't want is you to be church hopping saying, well, you know, I just haven't found the right fit. Now, if some of you end up in a small town, there might only be one. Right. And that's your church. <laughs> so maybe sometimes you can't even be like super choosy. But there are some things you can do, and there's some things that you can look for, and some things that you can kind of process beforehand. And then I, I recommend that you give it a minimum of three months before you decide, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this process again because it's not quite right. Once you find the church, dive in. Get involved and be a part of the body. And, and that is, you know, how to find a church. Now, I, I know, so being in the marketplace, okay, because again, like once you graduate, if you don't go back into mission, some of you will go back into mission. Some of you will, some, we have staff here, right? Some that you guys are missionaries. Um, some of you might become world missionaries. That's an amazing calling. If you're called to go back into Chi Alpha or become like a vocational pastor, or if you're called to go overseas, those are all amazing things. But our census or our, like, our numbers tell us that Chi Alpha graduates about 90% or more actually are actually going into the marketplace. And guess what? The world has all kinds of need for engineers who love Jesus and plumbers who love Jesus and windshield repairmen who love Jesus, and windshield repair women who love Jesus, and teachers who love Jesus, and doctors, and nurses, and HR consultants, and real estate gurus, and the world has the need for people in the marketplace using the power of the Holy Spirit to transform the marketplace. The world needs that. Because there are people in the marketplace that will literally never step foot in a church. And how will they know unless we tell them? So I want to give you permission to explore the marketplace as your calling. To know that these skills and these desires and these, these, um, these, these longings to, to change something or to to be better at math or to write novels or whatever to, to protect the forest or heal animals, like whatever it is, this longing that is in you is from God. And he's not asking you to set that aside for ministry. He's given that to you to use that so that you can love people the way that he loves you. And so one of the things that I'm working on at Chi Alpha, and you can put the QR code up. Do you have a QR code for me? I know that was last minute. That was rude of me. There it is. This is just a QR code. It's a form if you want to fill it out, if you want more information. I'm just going to briefly tell you. One of the projects that I'm working on is, how many of you came from a rural town? Do you guys consider Greeley rural? No. <laughs> I mean, right? Okay. I mean, I came from California. Please don't hate me. Please don't hate me. I came from Cal... It's a long time ago. I've been here since 2005. I'm like, I feel... I don't know. Anyway. Um, there are rural towns. 
out there in the US that maybe some of you are from where they are desperate for teachers, doctors, mental health professionals, uh, construction workers, like chiropractors, veterinarians. They're, they're desperate for people to take these jobs, but no one will go because there's no one your age there. You know, you're a graduate. You're, you want to go to a place where they're going to give you a good salary and there's going to be other people like you that you can start a community with and be in community with. But these rural towns are desperate. They're depressed. They, the, the kids are like growing up there and then either like falling into alcohol, meth, gangs, dying young, going to prison, um, uh, or leaving, or leaving. Like get me out of here. But imagine if we could take 10 to 20 Chi Alpha graduates and put them in one rural town and say, we're gonna take the jobs at this town that no one will take engineering, um, laying, uh, what do you, a networking cable. I heard that you can actually make millions of dollars laying networking cable in rural towns. Just something to think about, okay? Like that, you know, the, the, there's jobs out there in these rural towns that no one will take. If we take 10 to 20 graduates and put them in a rural town, and the goal is to revitalize that town socially, economically, and spiritually, Imagine the difference you can make in a town of like 2,500 people. Totally turn it upside down. Kids can start graduating. Kids can go to college and come back. You can teach people how to cook healthy food, play pickleball with the senior citizens. You know, there's, there's all kinds of really cool stuff that you can do in a rural town, affinity groups, and, and taking these jobs, and, and you can be a missionary in a rural town that is fully supported by the job you do. And so that's a project that I'm working on. If you want more information on that or just want to chat with me more about that, fill out that form. I will literally set up an appointment with you and we'll just chat more about that. So I wanted to make sure you guys had the opportunity for that. I also have my business card here and I have some really cool stickers, uh, marketplace stickers. It says, um, uh, carpenters, fishers, tent makers, work is good. So I have those. If you guys want one, come find me. I'll give you a sticker. You could put it on your water bottle or your laptop. Um, and um, that's all I have prepared for this portion. And I think Peter's going to come up, and we're going to dive a little deeper. Thank you so much, Lisa. Man, that was some good stuff, huh? Um, hey, uh, the Jakes. Can I have you guys move these stools up here? just right behind me. Um, we are going to move into a time of Q&A. Uh, we have some awesome people here who um, are in the marketplace following Jesus and um, have some great advice for you. So uh, we're going to do that next. If you have questions for them, uh, you, can, you can throw my phone number on the screen. You can text me and I will ask them your questions. Does that sound good? So, uh, yeah, there it is. Um, and then, finally, before we move into that time, um, <laughs> what is going on over there? I feel like I'm at, like, a really slow rave. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, one last thing before we move into Q&A time. Uh, another opportunity for um, you folk, uh, if you're graduating this year, next year, in 10 years, um, you, can, you can join Chi Alpha. This is a, a job that you can do. And so we have this really awesome internship 
that I lead along with Mark and CJ, and um, it's a, uh, a 10 month program. You get to learn how to raise a budget, how to like um, become a fully funded missionary, and uh, come on staff with Chi Alpha, participate, and then um, we also have theology classes and uh, practical ministry classes. It's a really great time. You can ask, uh, you know, most people on staff, I, I think, have gone through an internship. I've gone through an internship. I went through it with Casto. It was a great, great time. Owen's in the internship right now. You can ask him how it is. You know, Mark, CJ, Samantha, they took it last year. So um, it's a, an awesome opportunity for you. So uh, if you're interested in that, you can talk to me or Mark or CJ. Well, uh, yeah, can our guests uh, come to the front? We've got some uh, red stools for you. Awesome. Here, I'm going to give you this one, and we, you guys can, yeah, there's one there too. Sweet. Perfect. We'll share. That should be on. Hey, Mark, can we get that on? Chickity check. There we go. Sweet. All right. Um, so, a uh, couple questions just to kind of set you up. Can you tell, tell us who you are, uh, who you think you know, <laughs> <Just kidding. laughs> who you are, uh, what you do for work, and... Um, like what, uh, how you view yourself as like a, you know, a Christian in the marketplace. What does that mean for you to live a Christian life in the marketplace? So let's start with uh, Grant. I sat on this side so I wouldn't have to start. <laughs> <laughs> Lisa's already shared with us. Oh, so I know, it's good. I'm just know. teasing. <laughs> I appreciate your guys' enthusiasm. It's really refreshing to be in front of a group of people that uh, give feedback. So thank you. You're awesome. Uh, my name is Grant. I am uh, Julia's husband. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I am a, a small business owner and entrepreneur, uh, investor. I, uh, I buy lots of houses and I rent them out to people. Um, so in and so doing, uh, operate a property management company, HOA management company, a small construction company. And uh, we've got about, I want to say, uh, just under 30 employees all in. Uh, we're here in Greeley, love Greeley uh, for a series of reasons, but uh, it's, it's been a great town. Uh, we're in three different states, and uh, so yeah, we, uh, we have a lot of fun uh, with what we do on the uh, investment side of things. Um, I like it because it makes an impact with people. I mean, and no matter what technology does, people are always going to need a place to live. So uh, we're, we're actually seeing, uh, I love the comment about the small towns. Um, we're, we're seeing uh, th this generation actually with the, uh, the work from home uh, capabilities that really came out of COVID, and I know that some offices are, are pulling back on that a little bit, but uh, with the, all of the, uh, the restrictions that came into to urban environments, we're seeing a little bit of a rebellion on that, and uh, that's, that's really refreshing to see. Um, so what does Jesus, uh, showing Jesus in the workplace mean for me? Uh, well, I'm, I'm one that's uh, a high advocate on uh, show by actions rather than be preachy. So uh, oftentimes as, as a boss or owner, uh, you know, people are, are naturally going to look to me for examples. And uh, so with that being said, I, I, I try not to be overly imposing with my initial opinion. I let them observe, and then I often find that uh, a question comes out of that at a later time. 
and then I try and use that as a, a, a opportunity to influence, hopefully in a good way, uh, because hopefully they see something in me that maybe they want or that inspires them in some capacity, and then uh, I, can, I can share that from, uh, from a personal example, and I can refer back to maybe some history we have together rather than being you know, imposing right out of, the, out of the top, so. Dang, that's really good. Thank you, Grant. Yeah. Hi, everybody. My name is Julia. Hi, Julia. I... <laughs> Hi, George. By the way, you are my number two up there, just so you know. That was really easy. We'd agreed. Um, anyway, so I am an HR director for a urology company, and if you don't know what urology is, you can Google it later. And yeah, not, yeah, not now. Do it later. Um, so I work for a urology company that's actually on the East Coast, so I'm one of those work-from-home people that Grant talked about. Um, I am a, um, I'm in human resources as an HR director. You have different pieces on your team, so think benefits. So you need health insurance through your company. That's benefits, PTO. Um, if you're trying to get additional education or um, grow within your role, that's, again, human resources under the benefits team. Learning and development is on my team as well as talent acquisition. So you're applying for a job. We have a talent acquisition team that goes and recruits. And um, also we focus on retaining. And then the worst part and the reason why sometimes I get the nickname Darth Vader is because um, we also have employee relations as well as employment law that falls with under um, my group. So um, when you were talking about the Starbucks piece, I was sitting there kind of thinking, I'm usually the one that writes people up. So I, you kind of feel, I, I totally understood. Yeah. So that all falls within my sphere of influence. What were all the other questions? I was just so excited to sit here. Yeah. <laughs> what, uh, what does like being a Christian in the workplace gotcha. mean for you? Awesome. So um, something that's unique about my role is I view myself as a marketplace missionary. And when you think of human resources, again, I'm usually the one that's saying, hey, you can't do that. So you really have to sit there and be very um, intentional about the conversations that you have with people. And um, a lot of times on my team, people just get to know me and I, I really try to get to know them. And so they'll tell me something that's going on within their lives, and I'll give you an example. We had an employee this last week. She is actually going through brain cancer, and so instead of talking to her about, hey, this is what your FMLA looks like, this is what leaves look like, and how you take time off and take care of your body, I actually asked her, I said, hey, let's take a second away and let's pray, and I said, do you feel comfortable with that? And so you asking a lot of questions and making sure people feel comfortable is just how I, I view, again, my mission place in the workplace. And then on the other side, because we do do all the benefits, you get to take care of people. And so you get to be their biggest advocate and make sure that they have what they need to take care of their families. So, and the best way that you can care for somebody, I believe, as a Christian, is to make sure that they have the tools and the resources to care for their entire family unit. So being that advocate is really important. That's really cool. Thank you, Julia. Hi, um, I'm Lauren, and I am connected here because I went to CSU and was uh, involved with Chi Alpha there. Hey. Yeah. 
in the day. <laughs> there it is. There it is. <laughs> totally different spheres. Totally different spheres. I'm an engineer. That's why I went to CSU. Um, I, yeah, uh, I'm a mechanical engineer at Ball Aerospace. So I, it's really cool. Um, I design um, optical systems, so instruments like space telescopes, mainly. Yeah, yeah, it's really fun. Um, and live in Longmont, work in Boulder. Um, yeah, so my day-to-day -day with work is designing stuff, and then I'm also um, a bit of a lead now and have a couple designers who I'm managing, um, which has been really cool. Uh, something that I've been meditating on um, is like talking about talents, um, as Lisa was talking about, how you have, okay, I have the, the giftings, like the raw giftings and interests the Lord has given me, and then also every little thing, um, every little thing that I'm given as a resource is a talent. And so, okay, I became a lead over this team this year. How is that a talent? that I need to steward for the Lord. Um, or like finances, how are my finances something I can steward for the kingdom? My house, my um, friendships, like personality. Are you good at talking with people? Um, or maybe you're not. Um, yeah, so that's one thing. And um, yeah. Something that I, as I was thinking about tonight, thinking about the longer term is like, okay, as I'm building my career and stuff, where are, if I stay in this industry, how can I make this industry be impacted for the kingdom? And um, I was thinking too, like, okay, UNC is a lot of teachers, actors, medical people. Um, like the long term of uh, does your industry glorify the Lord? Or, or like is your industry currently defined by desiring to honor God? Um, and vision for uh, could it? If it doesn't right now, could it in 30 years? Like could you be part of um, a change there? I'm totally... No, going no, off great. of what we're supposed that's to do. Really so, okay, so to actually answer the question, though, um, yeah, the day-to-day -day is kind of similar to what they were talking about. Um, and also just, like, uh, praying a lot, like, Lord, help me be sensitive to what you're doing. And when you give me an opportunity, help me have the boldness to take it. Um, a lot of uh, trying to be honest and so as I have relationship with people and there are opportunities or topics come up or whatever, trying to not filter myself so much, um, trying to, okay, as a Christian, this is what I think, um, uh, this is what God has shown me, just like sharing those little testimonies um, as you have opportunity. Um, one other thing is like uh, choosing to honor God with your life and um, like righteousness looks real weird um, and speaks volumes. Like 
Yeah, I had a, a friend through work and um, I, when she found out that my then boyfriend and I weren't sleeping together, um, she was baffled and she was like, how, like why, why would you do that? And then I got to share like, oh, because yes, we're attracted to each other, but it's worth it to me to like preserve my intimacy with God and to honor God, like God is worth this sacrifice. Um, yeah, and just like, yeah, um, yeah, it, it matters. Dang, that's really cool. Thank you, Lauren. Um, first of all, I have to just say, um, you guys have cool jobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, uh, you guys know what I do now, uh, what I most recently came from, I worked for Mars, the chocolate company, and uh, their largest segment is pet care, which a lot of people don't know. It's not chocolate. Um, the Snickers bar is named after the family horse. So um, I oversaw all of the learning delivery for uh, all the leadership of the pet care segments, about 19,000 associates across the country. And I interacted with a lot of people, um, like in very short bursts. Um, but I also, as you know, worked at Starbucks and now I work at Chi Alpha. Um, so I view my marketplace as literally whoever I interact with outside of Christendom, um, really, when I'm in line at the grocery store at, or driving my car or um, interacting with tenants in our building or things like that. So, um, so that's also my mar current marketplace. Um, I view, uh, we talked a little bit about it. I think the very, very base foundation is do the job you've been given well. Um, you're not gonna be elevated or promoted or given the job you want until you do good at the job you have. And so it's really important um, in order to gain any kind of voice into anybody's life is to just do your job well, do it well. Um, and um, secondly, if I may just use an analogy um, that maybe some of you are familiar with in the Bible, it says um, that your salt uh, and, and, and light, right? And salt is a seasoning that enhances and draws the flavor out of food. And so what it means for us to be salt is to enhance and draw the flavor out of the people around us. Um, and then light, um, like if you think about the sun and the moon, if, if we are the moon and Jesus, God, is the sun, the, the moon is not in itself a source of light. The moon reflects the light of the sun. And so our job is to reflect the light of the sun. And the only time the moon is not reflecting the light of the sun is when the world gets in the way. So we're, it's a, I didn't make up the analogy. I, I mean, it's in the Bible. But like, when I view it like that, it's like we're supposed to be salt. We're supposed to enhance the flavor of the people around us, and we're supposed to be light, reflecting the light of Christ. And just like if you accidentally eat an entire spoonful of salt, you would what? Gag? Or you put too much salt on food, it's over-salted, it's no longer edible. Or if you're not a morning person and someone rudely wakes you up by opening the blinds, what happens? You're blinded and you scream and you cover your eyes. 
So I take it seriously when it says salt and light. Our job is to season and shine, not gag and blind. And so when we're out there in the marketplace, it's really important to keep that in mind, that we're not just out there screaming, Jesus loves you, you're a sinner, but really to enhance the flavor of the people around us and reflect the light of Christ in a really great way. That's really good. Thank you, Lisa. Okay, we have quite a few questions come in, so uh, these will be fun. My favorite student? Well, I don't know some of the numbers. <laughs> um, let's see here. Okay, so this one's for, and any of you can answer this. Um, this says, my work experience is with trade guys, and they're nasty with their jokes. How would you suggest I bring up Christ in that context? My wife's looking at me. <laughs> it's from a guy. So uh, we have uh, one-way project management. Uh, we have about uh, 15 technicians that are all trades. And then we have another probably 10 or 15 subcontractors we work with on a regular basis. This is something that I am highly familiar with. So uh, uh, thanks for the question. Um, so I'll go back to the same thing with, with an example. Um, as, as oftentimes the owner of the, uh, of the job, I might have a little bit different influence and perspective, but I can tell you that one person on the job has the power to entirely shift the atmosphere of that job. And I've seen where even the most humble and meager of person, um, maybe the person who's the, um, uh, you know, just the uh, apprentice uh, or, or the uh, the gopher, if you will, of the job uh, actually have influence on senior members or, or um, the, uh, the more uh, influential individuals that would generally be considered influential uh, be influenced by this person. Uh, and so what I would say is uh, with, with just a general consideration to respect and kindness, it's contagious. Um, and you oftentimes underestimate uh, the influence that recurring exposure has over time. And while you may be uh, for, for one day, and I, I say this you collectively as if you're the person who is in that trade job because I'm anticipating that whoever asked the question may be in that position. So uh, that you as an individual, if you stay persistent and you, uh, you, you remember that every interaction you have with everyone on that job matters, and hopefully, if it's not the same person every time, hopefully the, the jobs that you're, you're at are continuous for a week or two week or maybe a month stint, to where you can continue to have that exposure. And when they feel the respect and the mutual, um, the, the mutual kindness that you're giving them that doesn't necessarily uh, require crude interactions to get uh, a rise or to get entertainment out of that individual, it starts to wear off on them. Um, and uh, I'm sure you guys have all, have all heard the, the phrase that... Um, uh, show me your four closest friends. I'll show you your future. I'm sure you guys have heard that, right? Uh, so, so this is true. So, so be the friend that, to them that you think maybe they could be like. Uh, and don't underestimate what your role is at that job uh, be, because you have more influence than you think you have. And I promise you, if you do it long enough and consistently enough, uh, questions will come up. And when those questions come up, that's your time to stand on the platform and shine. 
it, it's not the first day you come in and then you, you insult them by saying you should not talk this way or act this way. That's just going to cause a wall, a barrier. Uh, what, what's going to open the influence to the highest level is when they procure the question, because then is when the soil is fertile. Uh, so hopefully that addressed that. Yeah, that's can really I, good. Can I say something too along? I, I think um, that uh, we have to remember as believers that if you haven't accepted Christ or chosen to follow Christ, that you have not chosen to follow the values of Christ. And so we can't hold people to the values of Christ in the same way that we hold ourselves. And so we have to pick our battles well. And I think using your resources, like if you do have HR people, uh, you know, to help use them uh, as well. Um, if if you if you find yourself in a battle that you just like, it's it's actually harming someone. I think a battle that's definitely worth it is if it's harming someone. You know, if the if the crudity is harming others, it probably needs to be stopped in a in a in some kind of way. But um, just remember that the people around you haven't chosen to live the way you choose to live, and so it's not our job to look down on them. It's our job to elevate them, like he was saying. Yeah, that's really good. That's really good. One of the, or a couple of the questions um, kind of sound something like this. There's a couple of people that asked a similar question. Um, uh, how do you balance remaining professional in a workplace and like bringing the gospel? I'll go. Um, so for me, a a big piece of it is building relationships because if you don't have a relationship with somebody, you're you're not going to be able to have a good conversation with them. And um, so f for me, what I always encourage others to do and, and what I do myself is that I get to know them on a personal level and um, I try really hard to ask them a lot of questions. Uh, about themselves and it kind of opens up conversation and you, you never know where the Lord's going to lead your conversation just by again getting to know them and so many times that if you're not actually praying and listening to the Lord while you're you're going about your day um, then you're, you're missing a lot of those opportunities and a lot of times it's interesting where I'll hear, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be talking to the Lord, I'll be in the middle of a, a, a Teams meeting, and he'll say, hold that person back at the end of the meeting and say, just, just tell them to wait. And so I'll say, hey, you know, Chandra, can you hold back for a second? Let's, let's you know, have a conversation. And he'll say, ask her, ask her about her daughter. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, hey, just wanted to check on you. How's Zara doing? And by knowing her name, knowing she's got a daughter, you know, you ask all these questions, you get to know them, and then all of a sudden it opens up different conversations. And I bring up Chandra because Chandra is, um, she actually doesn't believe in God. She's um, half Hindu. She, she, is, she calls herself a Hindu, but she also thinks she's Catholic. So it's been, it's an interesting dynamic here. And so by building that relationship with her, I've been slowly been being able to talk to her about what she actually believes and I've been utilizing things like again how's your daughter doing is she sick today how's house hunting going you know tell me about what's going on here how can I help support you and how different things like that and it's really been great to see how that really manifests with people 
because when you care about them and you ask them questions, the doors open. It's really interesting. Yeah, it's really good. Thank you, Julia. Okay, how do I show God's love in a job to people who don't really like me or don't want to be at that job? That's a good question. Two very different things. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I, I, I'll just answer the second one. If, you don't, if they don't want to be in that job and you don't want to be, if it's just a terrible job, I mean, I think it goes back to just do the job well. Keep, just keep setting an example. I think like Derek said earlier, like just set an example. And um, they'll hopefully follow suit. But I mean, not everyone's gonna like you. And um, I would maybe, I don't know who asked this question, so I'm not being pointed, but why don't they like you? Maybe there's some self-reflection there. Um, and it, it, maybe it's something you did, maybe it's not. Maybe it's that maybe the, the job might be a wrong fit for you if everyone else at the job doesn't like you. Um, so there could be a potential for some self-reflection also. So you can't make people like you, but you can be likable. So I think there's a proverb that says something like, uh, if you want friends, you gotta be friendly. So um, something real simple <laughs> like that. So, um, so yeah, that's the second one at least, or the first one, I don't know which that one. That one was for you, George. <laughs> Just kidding. I'll take a little bit more on that one. So um, we'll, we'll go back to the trades because I often see uh, oftentimes tempers flare. Uh, there's lots of opportunities in the trades. There's lots of money to be made. Don't get me wrong. It's a great vocation. But you want to see some, uh, some heated situations. I promise you they're there. Uh, so uh, the, the biggest opportunity if you run into uh, a disgruntled group is if you see one person that is disproportionately joyful, grateful, uh, and continuously um, just exhibiting an abnormal uh, uh, glow from them. And if you do that long enough, you'll get questions. And so if you're not liked, it's really hard to not like somebody who is genuine and joyful. Everybody wants to be around them all the time. And so maybe, maybe they don't like you because they're jealous. I don't know the, I don't know the reason. But let's, let's assume that you haven't done anything outside of just be your genuine, kind self. If you're happy and joyful and kind and generous to them long enough, that will erode. It can't not. Um, and eventually the situation will shift because they'll either make a change or the change will happen around you because you're so contagious with it. Uh, so, so I would encourage you to... Uh, uh, st stay with it and, and stay, stay positive and watch your situation change around you. Um, and again, if that doesn't happen, then oftentimes the people uh, around you will shift um, because the two can't coexist forever. Yeah, that is good. Thank you. Okay. Uh, it says, this says, this one is for Julia because she's doing pretty much what I want to do out of college. My question is, how do you represent your faith or be that advocate working strictly remote and not having those face-to-face -face interactions? 
That's a good question. So I am remote, but I do go on site sometimes. So there is that. I do get to create some relationships there. Um, but I actually do a ton of meetings throughout the day. So if you ever see, Grant will tell you my calendar is like da -da 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 all day long. Um, but I do a lot of touch base meetings, which is completely different than anybody else that has ever been in my job for the, our company or even how other people do it. And so a lot of times when you see that HR puts a meeting on your calendar, they go dun dun dun. And so <laughs> when I do it, I, I, I make it very clear that I just wanna talk to you. And so I just wanna check in on you. I wanna see what you need from me. And a lot of times what people view in an organization is they view um, human resources as um, they're gonna ask me to do something. Ugh, they're gonna make me do this or I'm gonna have to go write somebody up or something like that. And so I've tried to flip the narrative of that. I actually work for you and you are my customer. And so I'd wanna touch base and just check in on you and just see how you're doing. And that creates a lot of really good relationships and dynamics and conversations from it. So being very intentional with your time, being very intentional. And I think you can do that with any job you have. If you're very intentional with your calendar and how you set your day, it's you'll actually see more productivity. And then you'll also see more um, opportunities to just create good conversation and dynamic. Did I answer that? Did yeah. I get off topic? So I think you did. Okay. Yeah, that was really good. Yeah. Just a side note, how many of you guys, is anybody in the B school here? Nobody goes to the business school? Business? The B school, sorry, business school. Um, I don't know if Dallas Everhart is still a, a marketing professor there, but he actually, dang it, he was so cool. He was so cool. He used to have this thing, he'd start his classes off. And the first thing he would say in every single class is half of life is showing up. And so when you said that, I was like, oof, did she, did she know Dallas? And um, then the second thing he used to say, and I, again, I don't know if he still does this now, but he would say, be intentional with your day. And so, um, and a lot of that was just because he was trying to encourage students to show up to class. So we'll give him that, but I took that with me forever. And that's something like, you know, half of life is showing up. Be very intentional. If somebody invites you to go to something, show up, because you never know what's gonna happen. And then the second thing is, again, be very intentional with your time, because you only get so much time on this earth and how many interactions you get and, you know, where you're moving and, and the, you know, your career and your family and all of these things. So be super intentional with your time. So, I, I again, he's a, he was a great professor. And, you never realize that from a business class that those are the two biggest things that I ever took. <laughs> That's really cool though. That's really cool. Okay, um, anyone can answer this one. How do you get involved with your community? I'm guessing like church community or maybe even like the community at large mm -hmm. um, outside of your work schedule? Um, okay. Two separate things, I guess, church and community at large. Um, so <laughs> it really just dovetails off of um, what she just shared of just showing up. So for church, um, uh, kind of like if you are trying to make a friend or you're, um, yeah, you want to make a friend, you try to figure out 
what are they up to, what are they interested in. Um, so if you're at a new church or something like that, what are they up to, what are they interested in, just, um, just be there um, and, and see what's needed. Um, and um, yeah, as far as uh, community at large or like um, work community, if there's, if there's a potluck, show up. If there's um, people play volleyball sometimes, show up. Um, you can also s start things yourself. Pickleball, yeah. Um, yeah, show up, be authentic, connect with people. So we're in a little bit different place in our life because we're actually pregnant with our fifth child. So a lot of our, you are, um, so all, we have to be super intentional, like I said, with our time because a lot of our intention is with our children. And so that's where a lot of our interactions are. Um, but Grant's actually on the board for Windsor's downtown district. And then I'm on a board for the Sexual Assault Victim Advocacy Group. Um, it's a nonprofit that's out of Fort Collins, um, Loveland, and Greeley. Um, and so a lot of, and we volunteer at our church too, but a lot of what we do together, just when you guys, as you're finding your spouse and you're, you're creating a family dynamic, we talk about it with each other and trying to get involved and get involved in community. And we talk about you know what our goals are with each other. And a lot of what we've kind of decided with our community stuff is, first of all, we pray about it. You always should pray about it. Um, but we also look back at our, what our goals are. And so we have a shared note. And I, this is a weird, I mean, this is like super personal. So I hope you're okay with us getting into it. But we have a shared note that we share um, through our phones. And we go through and see like what our goals are and what our passions are. And does this like align with what we see in the direction of our family? And then does it cool. fit with our family time? And then also really what are we hearing from the Lord on it? Because if, we, if the Lord's telling us to do it and, you know, we, we don't have time, what do we need to move out of our life in order to make time for what he's telling us to do? And so he's got what, he, what he's really good at and that I'm trying to learn from him is he really, really, really reflects and, and really soaks in everything that he's doing with people and with time and commitments. And he spends a lot of time pouring into other people um, and developing other people and uh, making sure that the connections he's making are again are very intentional. And so, you know, that's something when you're building a community around you, really think about also what affects your family dynamic. Yeah, thank yeah. so, you. Uh, real, real quick, I think that in today's society with our, uh, our feeds um, on, on any, any platform, uh, they're, so, they're so catered to just our interests, and, if, and they're designed to do two things. One, either reinforce what we already believe, I think you guys already know this, right? Or number two, be so opposed to what we believe that it causes a reaction. Yeah. And our social media feeds <laughs> like reactions because that gets engagement, engagement gets clicks, clicks get ads and money, right? That's the why. So uh, in community, uh, the number one stopper is, is being too uh, divisive and expectations that we must align only wholly and exclusively with those we interact with. So to build community was the question and how to get involved in community. That's understanding that every single individual has some 
aspect or uh, beneficial component that they're better at us in than us. And if we can, our, my goal is to catalyze that. How do I figure out what that is and then absorb a small bit of that? And if I view it that way, then it's much less divisive. And then we can find ourselves more diverse, of course, because we have different interests, but we're not only trying to align ourselves with those who are just like us, which can be okay too, but let's be honest, there's probably not that many people in this big wide world that are just like us, and then we find the one thing that's different and then we break up over it, right? And I, I mean, that could be a, just a best friend relationship. I'm talking about really anything. So community is best found knowing that there's people that have other things that maybe we don't agree with, but that's great. Let's find the things we do agree with and then let's learn why they, just because they believe a different way on some certain topic doesn't mean that they shouldn't be good associations for us. Uh, maybe that's great. And so a key to build community is embracing that rather than sort of trying to circumvent that. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Like not just sticking to your tribe. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, and uh, it's interesting, it's along the same lines. Um, we're also expecting um, our first grandchild. <laughs> oh, wow. So not, not me, my, my, my kids. Um, but uh, I, I have to say that the, the creation of culture comes out of city centers. And the church consistently removes itself from the center of cities, like physically. And partially, one of the main reasons is financially. Like, they can't afford to have a building in the city or, you know, maybe someone offers them a ton of money for their building and they can build a giant place out in the burbs or something. Um, but in order to be a part of culture, Christianity or Christ, we have to be in the center of the city. And what that means for us is being a part of um, advocacy groups, community things, where we don't necessarily align with every single thing that they believe in. But our mm -hmm. influence into that culture, like you can be a part of non-Christian groups. In fact, you should, because you are Christ's light in that group. And so if you can have a, an effect on culture because it comes from the cities and then it spreads out and it's happening way quicker now with, um, you know, TikTok and, you know, all the, all the different like ways that things spread and people become famous very quickly. And um, it used to be, I don't know, way back in the day when American Idol first started, it's like, like you had to be from kind of somewhere big to, to, to be discovered on something like that, but now it's like someone from some podunk town, like nobody knew. And so like culture spreads from city centers and goes out, we gotta be a part of that as believers. So consider that when you're trying to figure out what you're trying to get involved in, it doesn't have to be Christian, but if it aligns with some of your values, you can bring the Christ values. And I will also say this, that truth is truth regardless if you slap a scripture reference on it. And so I can speak truth, I can speak the word of God without saying, thus saith the Lord, or without saying, uh, it says in the Bible, or like John 3, so, you know, like you don't, you don't have to slap a reference on it. You can live truth and you can speak truth without slapping that reference on it. And you're, being, you're doing that is changing culture. Can we do one more question? 
It's nine o'clock. Yeah. Okay. We're, we'll, we'll wrap it up after this one. Well, one person just said, it's not a question. I just really admire everyone on the panel and I'm grateful for their ministries in their workplaces. So I wanted to pass that along to you guys. And then uh, this one was, I thought, really good. How do you have a healthy work-life balance with your spouse slash kids slash family, if that applies, especially if you are both working? That one's really hard. That one's really hard. Um, for us, my husband and I have both always worked, and um, I stayed home a little bit when, when my kids were like babies, babies. Um, but that's just because the child care in Colorado is astronomical. So um, it's important to, I mean, that this that's like a marriage like thing, right? That's like marriage. You have to, like, like uh, Julia was saying, you have to be intentional about prioritizing your family because they really are your first ministry. So if you're trying to minister to the people in the workplace, but your kids don't even look up to you or respect you, or your spouse doesn't look up to you or respect you, um, that's going to be a tough sell, I think. And so you got to have it. You got to get your home right. Um, not to say that if things are tough that you're not doing it right, but that's got to be a priority in your, your ministry has to be first there. I mean, there's a million things I could say, but that I guess that would be my number one is just prioritize your spouse and your kids. And we always told our kids, I don't know if this, this might just be like the worst thing in the world, but like, I'm like, I chose your dad. I didn't choose you. <laughs> like, <laughs> so he's my number one priority and y'all come second. And they actually have grown up to really love that because they see how strong our marriage is. And I chose to have them, but I didn't pick them. God picked them for me. He chose to give me them those specific children and he, he picked our family for them and so uh, them seeing our healthy marriage and the fact that we love each other first and then our kids come very close second um, that has always been kind of a fun dynamic joke sort of thing in our family so yeah. no one else wants to answer that's okay that's all right just want to give you an opportunity to if you want to they're all looking at me. Uh, aligning uh, goals with uh, life partner and spouse is critical. Um, there's, there's, there's so many things um, that, that you have to really make sure that you, uh, you, you collaborate on. And some of them have to go unspoken because there's just not time to communicate every single time about every single thing. So having a, an aligned goal articulated is critical. Um, and then uh, the question was, how, how do you balance it all? Well, I think uh, sometimes you don't. Uh, there's seasons. There's seasons. And ev everything has an ebb and a flow. And as long as you can zoom out and maintain perspective, you can keep your eye on the bigger picture and not get so hung up on the event that's occurring at that moment and just know this is where we're going Here's where we may be. This is where we're going. Um, and then knowing that, uh, again, sometimes we, we operate for the, the greater cause. And there's seasons where maybe some interests might have to be um, 
detoured or, or postponed. And being willing to, to do that, understanding the type of investment, everything that you do has manifestation in, in a result. And just thinking through what the outcome of each individual action might be being willing to maybe put aside a couple of them, understanding that if you're in a season with lots of kids and they're young, it's more demanding, but this will pass very quickly. Um, but also, that's a different type of investment that will manifest very richly in 20 years. Um, and so that's another part of community, actually. Uh, family is, is the very closest community. Um, and understanding each of those consequences and evaluating your position as, as you go through that and uh, knowing that no one has the perfect answer, there is no perfect recipe. Uh, you, you continue to work hard every day and, and, and pray and prioritize and, and do your very best and knowing that if you, you have a down day, there's another one that will come after. And that's uh, just keeping that perspective and doing it uh, what seems like forever, because it is really. <laughs> that's really good, all right. I suppose we'll wrap up then, unless any, anyone else has anything else they wanna say. I don't know why, but I just feel like the Lord is telling me to say this to you guys. But if you are in the marketplace and that is your mission field, again, I don't know why I feel like he's telling me this. So please just take it, take it for what it's worth. But make sure that you are tithing. And I know that sounds so silly to say when you're sitting here talking about <laughs> marketplace missions. But one of the biggest things that we've found not only in our home life, but also in our careers, is there something significantly tied to tithing and when the Lord tells us as a as a family that says hey you need to give a little extra here or you need to give to this mission and you may feel like you don't have it you know do it it's very odd about how exact same time the same timing that we get when we're overly obedient all of a sudden I get a raise or I get a bonus and where did this money come from and or he'll have a blessing with a, a house or a property or something happens like in a positive light with, you know, tenants or taxes or something. And so if, you know, this, it's great if you ask us all these questions and, and how we are serving in our own roles, but be very cognizant with your finances because I think that that's another place of where you find a lot of blessings in your professional life is if you're listening to him also with your finances because I'm sorry but I don't show up to work for free I mean I'm coming for a paycheck there's a reason why I go to work and so there's there's significant ties there from that financial aspect so again I don't know why he felt I feel like he's telling me to say that so I'm telling it to all of you guys yeah dang that is good um when we're ready to close may I pray for everyone we were good yeah we were going to also pray for you. Oh, I love that. Okay, well, reciprocal so, prayer is amazing. Yeah. Um, I, I really appreciate this, this up-and-coming generation of individuals. Uh, I'm a millennial, and uh, yeah, thank you. I, I, I was about to say something negative about millennials. Now I can't. Oh. You, you gave me a cheer. Uh, <laughs> I'm just teasing. Uh, the, the reality of the situation is I appreciate this up-and-coming generation because I see uh, a heart of less entitlement I see a heart of willingness to work and do what is required and uh, not flamboyance in a way that's really refreshing to me. 
Um, and so I appreciate that. Uh, I also appreciate the enthusiasm here tonight, as I said in the beginning. And I know that, uh, honestly, what, what separates us from robots in our lives, that we'll see, the t anybody an Elon Musk fan? We have any of them? Okay, you know the Tesla bot, right? What's, what's different between, you know, version 3.0 of that and us is that we feel. And everything that's amazing and enriching and wonderful in our life is a feeling. And a feeling comes from a manifestation of purpose or a greater, a greater cause. And when we uh, lean into that, that's what gives our life meaning. And I appreciate the enthusiasm because if there's no passion, there's no joy. So keep that up. Don't ever let that fade. I love that. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Well, uh, let's pray for you guys first, and then you can pray for us. Uh, and so, yeah, would you guys, like, either come down here or extend your hand? You, you know, you can do either one. Up to you. Mark with the music. <laughs> yeah. Lord Jesus, thank you for these men and women of God. Thank you, Lord, that um, you are doing incredible things in their lives, Jesus, from babies to grandbabies to, uh, you know, people coming to the Lord because they are faithful. And, um, yeah, thank you, God, that they have come tonight to uh, share with us um, that we might glean a little bit of knowledge from them and uh, maybe, maybe even a little bit of vision and purpose for our own lives. Jesus, I just pray that, um, that these uh, men and women would uh, walk away from tonight, both the panelists and, and everyone in this room, Lord, would walk away from this night with, uh, with vision and purpose for their life, God, going forward, God, that they would feel uh, that you are orchestrating things, Jesus, and that... Um, yeah, that, that uh, they are excited about what is to come. Um, Lord, even if maybe it's hard or, or, you know, something like that, Lord, but you are with us through it, and we're thankful for that. Lord, would you bless these people for their investment in us tonight? Uh, Lord, would, uh, would they just uh, continue onward and upward and uh, closer to you every single day, Lord? We thank you, God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. My turn? Yeah. Grant, you want to pray for us? So just in closure here, I just want to say a blessing and a prayer over you guys. Thank you so much for being here and attending. Um, I really appreciate the, uh, the questions and the, the genuine care. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for everyone in this room. We thank you for the group of Chi Alpha. We ask for your uh, abundant blessing on the ministry, on the future of the ministry, on everyone who attends. Uh, any and every meeting that this ministry has. We ask for your favor upon it. We ask for uh, divine intervention amongst the University of Northern Colorado and that your light may spread throughout this campus, that your, uh, that, that your purpose may be manifested in each person here, that they may uh, go on to uh, do wonderful and amazing things in whatever aspect of life that they choose to engage in. I ask that you would give them uh, amazing wisdom, heavenly wisdom, divine wisdom to uh, see and understand your will for their lives. 
and that uh, they may walk in that fully and faithfully uh, all the rest of their days. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. For more information, please visit xaunc.com or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash xaunc. Our Instagram handle is at xaunc, and you can find all of our content on our YouTube channel by searching for Chi Alpha UNC. Until next time, may the Lamb who was slain receive the reward of his suffering.